0: What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Got another good one for you today as we get a perfect example as to why you should not play for Team USA in the FIBA World Cup. And uh, clutch shot makers. Going to talk about that coming up next year on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Got a good one for you today. I hope you all enjoyed the long weekend, had a safe one. I know I did. That's why we uh, took Monday off, because, you know, it's Labor Day, man. A lot of labor going on. So, hope everyone had a good one. And you're back with me here on Locked On Wars. Some things that did happen, though, over the weekend. First off, Team USA barely, well, barely beat the Czech Republic as Strong, because they won by, like, 21, but it was not pretty Harrison Barnes had a good game, which, you know, you can look at as a positive or a negative. And the reason I say that is you can look at it as a positive. Well, a guy that you don't expect to play well and be the third leading scorer on the team did. And so that's found money. Or you could look at it as, oh, Harrison Barnes is the third leading scorer on Team USA. This is not ideal. So however you want to look at it, you could you could go either way. And uh, I wouldn't argue it either way. I guess I try and look at it more positively that, you know, you got something out of a guy you didn't think you would. And so that was the first game. The second game was against Turkey. Yes, Turkey, who, you know, they got one or two NBA players. I'm not going to, not going to crush them. Ersan Ilyasova, Chetty Osman, Furkan Korkmaz, You know, they're not terrible. But it's definitely a team that the USA should blow away and destroy. And instead, they beat them by one point. And, I mean, look, it doesn't bode well for Team USA's chances um, in the tournament. But the main thing I wanted to get to was in this game which was crazy and weird and a lot of fouls towards the end of the game and blah, blah, blah. But Jason Tatum misses one of three free throws. He gets fouled on a three. If he knocks all three of them down, they win. They don't go to overtime. He misses one of them. It's a tie ball game. They go to overtime. And in overtime, Jason Tatum rolls his ankle and gets, you know, carried off the court. He's injured. Injures himself. Which is the number one fear of playing in FIBA World Cup, playing in basketball, competitive basketball, outside of the NBA, outside of the team that's paying you. And Bill Simmons has been throwing a fit over Devin Booker not playing on Team USA, or Landry Schammett not wanting to play on Team USA. And uh, then a couple minutes later, Jason Tatum gets hurt, and he's freaking out over Jason Tatum being hurt. Because we all know he's a huge uh, Boston Celtics fan. So... It's just funny because there are – well, let's stick with Jason Tatum right now. He's out for the next week or so. Uh, The soonest he would come back is the second game of the second round. He played two games in the second round, so the second game of the second round uh, would be the soonest he could come back, which also hurts. He's one of their best players on Team USA, which – look, I like Tatum, but he's not a superstar yet. He's got superstar potential, and the fact that he's one of the best, again, doesn't bode well for Team USA. But the reason why I bring all this up is because it's the main reason why I'm good with Steph, Draymond, and Clay never playing for Team USA again, whether it's the Olympics or FIBA. Now, if they they want to do the Olympics, I'd be a little more understanding on that front because you are representing your country in the Olympics. You know, it's a little more prestigious than FIBA, but they've already won their golds. Like, I'm good with them not playing in the Olympics again because they've already done it. But it's two years away, so we'll see what happens when it does come around. But Jason Tatum is a perfect example as to why I'm fine with players not playing in FIBA because he got hurt and he should be fine as you know by the time training camp comes around and all that stuff. He just rolled his ankle. It's an ankle sprain. But also it could have been worse. It could have been Paul George. And I know that's like the boogeyman. Because for every Paul George, there's, you know, 13 players, 12, 13 players that also leave FIBA or leave the Olympics just fine. But still, you just, you can't, I wouldn't want to risk it, basically. As a fan, as a player, as a front office person, I would not want to risk my guys getting hurt. But again, it's not exactly up to anyone besides the player. And I mentioned Bill Simmons, you know, crushing... Landry Shamit and uh, Devin Booker for not being there, not going to play in the FIBA World Cup, which even though I kind of clowned him for, you know, being so boisterous about it, there is benefits to being out there and playing on a team with the best players and the best coaches. I mean, Doug Christie, former NBA player himself thinks it's a, a missed opportunity for players to not go. You know, he's the the king's color commentator. He thought De'Aaron Fox should have stuck around. Same thing with Marvin Bagley. But he also understands if you're not going to be getting the playing time, you'd rather not spend that time in China sitting on the bench, being the last last guy in. Probably not even getting in. So, it's nuanced, but I lean more towards just not even going. Why risk the injury? But... For the players that are risking it and do care about playing in, uh, in FIBA and wanting to make the name, etc., And if you're interested in watching it, you can check them out at 5.30 a.m. tomorrow uh, when they take on Rui Hachimura and Japan. Should be interesting. I mean, that's the one thing that I will say is it's a little more interesting now. It's a little more interesting in the fact that we don't know for sure that USA is going to win by 50. This isn't the dream team. This isn't the guys that we have seen before. You know, this is... A lot of young guys, unproven, who beat Turkey by one point in overtime. So, at least there's some intrigue and interest in it in that way. But again, when the U.S. is winning by 50, then we get complaints that, oh, they've... You know, it's... It's too predictable, and now that they're not predictable, it's, oh, man, they're not even going to win. Like, I don't even want to see that. So, I don't know, man. You guys decide whether you're into it or not. How about that? It is hoops, though, so I will be watching. I can tell you that right now. Wake up at 5.30 a.m. to watch Team USA take on Japan and then take a nap and get ready for the NFL season to start tomorrow. It begins tomorrow, which means Crossover Wednesday is back for the entire regular NFL season. You will get a special episode every Wednesday as the hosts from opposing sides meet up to preview the excitement of games happening that week. Find your favorite team wherever you get your podcast, and be sure not to miss NFL listeners' favorite segment, Crossover Wednesday. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive-thru for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. ba Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Lenovo. At CDW, we get putting productivity within reach of remote employees. That's why I'm WFC, working from couch and moving everything within arm's length, like the microwave. Lunchtime. You should talk to the experts at CDW. They can orchestrate a more efficient workspace solution using light, powerful devices from Lenovo to keep your teams productive from anywhere, couch included. Yeah, but do they have grabber claws? IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Learn more at cdw.com slash Lenovo client. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked on Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton, we just finished talking about Team USA and their struggles in FIBA right now, the injury to Jason Tatum, and that just being the main reason why I prefer players not to go. Players are my favorite team, or if I'm a GM, players on my team, or if I'm a player, there's just very little upside to playing in FIBA, in my opinion. But there is some upside to where you do get the benefit of playing with some of the best players in the world on the same team. And you and you definitely do learn things, etc., but I lean more towards pass. I'll pass. But again, I'm not an NBA player and they're not asking me to play in FIBA, so it's not a decision I'll have to face anytime soon. One decision that teams have to face is who will take a clutch shot, a last. Shot and Zach Harper of The Athletic wrote about this recently. Uh, it's really interesting. He, he did it for all the uh, Western Conference teams, and there's an obvious answer for the Warriors it's Steph Curry. But his quote unquote clutch shooting is not the best statistically, but that's because clutch shooting is confined to very specific time. And score situations where, okay, Steph drained a three 30 seconds earlier to go up six. But apparently that doesn't fall within the clutch shooting parameters, so to speak. But Zach Harper did a great job. He uh, broke down for each team, where will they go, as in who will take the shot, where should they go, and then where they shouldn't go. So... The parameters for a hero shot, clutch shot, however you want to put it, is it's a shot to tie or take the lead in the final 30 seconds of the fourth quarter or overtime periods. And the lack of efficiency for these shots is pretty bad. It, the average is about 29%, 30%. And if you made three out of ten of these attempts for the hero shot moments, you're, you're good at it. You're, you're one of the better. Uh, anything under 30% is not great. So, for the Warriors, and yes, it's a small sample size and all that, but it also is part of a larger discussion that I want to get to. Where should they go? Steph Curry, obviously. Yeah, he, you know, missed the shot over Kevin Love, missed the open three in the finals, still the best shooter of all time. And I don't care what the numbers show as far as his hero clutch shots are. He's, you you go to the best shooter of all time. That's just, that's just... That's just intelligence, you know? I'm very intelligent, so. His uh, percentage was right at average. He was right at 30%. Was 10 of 32 in the six seasons prior to Kevin Durant joining up, which was 31.2%. 5 of 17 with Durant, which got him at 29.4, just under average. But... It's still Steph Curry. It's still the greatest shooter in the world. In 2013-14, he went 7 of 16, 43%. And that's damn good, obviously. And the nice part about this is, not immediately, but very soon they will have a second guy who's a damn good shooter. Probably second best shooter in the world. And Clay Thompson. So that's going to be a nice second option, obviously. So where will they go? Who's the first option? Steph Curry. Where should they go? It's Steph Curry. The numbers I gave you, prove that out. Now, where they shouldn't go is D'Angelo Russell. And I know some people are saying, oh, well, why, blah, blah, blah. The numbers show that he's not the best option. Uh, He was 2 of 9 in his two years in Brooklyn, 2 of 6 this past season. Uh, Look, it's not a huge sample size, but going off these numbers, that's, that's what we're going off of right now. But if you get D'Angelo Russell taking the last shot, getting a mismatch, taking the last shot, you can do a lot worse than that. You know? I mean, look, Draymond? Draymond's got a clutch gene. <laughs> but I would still rather D'Angelo Russell be taking the last shot over Draymond, over Willie cauley over whoever. Now, Clay, when he does get back, he's one of the better options within these parameters that they have in the league. 10 of 24, which is 41.7%. The problem is he's gone for at least half the season, probably more. And one of the things about Clay is he gets the benefit of teams focusing on Steph, the gravity of Steph, obviously. But it doesn't matter. Clay still knocks him down. Draymond is 4 of 9 for hero shots. Some of them dump off. Some of them some lucky threes that he's taken. And oddly enough, Willie Cauley-Stein, 5 of 5. But I can tell you those are all dump offs or alley-oops. So the option is Steph. And the reason I bring this up, great article by Zach Harper. I suggest you all go check it out because it breaks down every Western Conference team. And there's some some intriguing uh, numbers in there. And, you know, some teams, the, the clutch guy or the better clutch shot maker is not who you would think. But as far as the Warriors go, and it happened last year after the finals, some numbers came out on Steph and his last second shot attempts and blah, blah, blah. And he's not clutch and this and that. The bottom line is I will take the best shooter that ever lived taking shots at any time throughout the game over anyone else, regardless of what the numbers say. And maybe it was just a stupid Twitter conversation. I need to not pay as much attention to NBA Twitter as I do. But just hearing anyone say that Steph Curry should not be taking the last shot is absolutely ridiculous. Like, if you need a home run to win a game, and I don't care what Barry Bonds' numbers are as the last hitter in the ninth inning... I would still want Barry Bonds up at the plate in the same way I want Steph taking every shot available. So, great article. Go check it out on The Athletic. Great job by Zach Harper. But I just want to make sure we're clear. It's Steph Curry taking any shot ever over anyone else. Going to take a quick break, come back, wrap this thing up for the day. This is Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York Never compromise, drink responsibly Today, every answer matters More than ever before Because whether it's about health, deliveries Or finance, some things just can't wait That's why IBM is helping businesses Manage millions of calls, texts And chats with Watson Assistant It's conversational AI Designed to help your customers Find the answers they need faster No matter the industry Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's good? Just finished talking about clutch shot makers and options for teams moving forward as far as who should be taking the clutch shots for teams. In the article by Zach Harper on The Athletic, I would suggest... You all go check it out because it's really interesting, not just the Warriors stuff, but the entire stuff on the uh, Western Conference. Speaking of articles, Zach Lowe just came out with one on ESPN.com about, is a big two better than a big three in the NBA? Does it work better than a big three? And here's the thing. I understand the question and you know what? It might be right. Except for the Warriors. And the reason I say that is because I look at the Warriors, Big 3, Steph, Clay, and Draymond. And the reason why this Big 3 works is because everyone actually fits their role. Where you've heard me say, I think Clay is the best number two option in the NBA. And that doesn't mean he's the best player that's a number two option, but he's the best number two option because he plays like a number two option. Where Paul George, let's say if you look at Paul George as the the number two and uh, with the Clippers, Paul George might be a better player than Clay. Clay's a better number two option because he plays like a number two option. He doesn't need the ball. He defends. He does the dirty work. He does the the small things. He doesn't need to dribble the ball five hundred times. Same thing with Kawhi. Kawhi probably better player if you look at him as a number two option. Better player than Clay, but Clay is a better number two option. Draymond as the third option or the third person in the big three. The reason he fits is because when we look at superstars, a lot of what superstars do is score, and they need the ball to score. And the thing with Draymond is he does a. scoring is probably one of the worst things that he does. He's not great at it. I do think we'll see an uptick in his scoring this year. He'll definitely get back to double digits, but he's never going to be a guy that gives you 20 or 18 or anything like that. And the reason why that works is because he's playing his role as the number three in the big three. He's defending like a madman, facilitating, rebounding, uh, being the, the general of the defense. So, I think the big three, it obviously works because, I mean, they got three rings. They got big three rings to show for it. But I understand the argument when it comes to other teams when they go for a big three. Well, it's three dominant ball handlers who just get buckets and don't defend. The thing with a big three is you still have to get players to fit their roles and play specific roles. You got to defend. You got to be able to create. You got to be able to... Uh, move off the ball you gotta be able to hit open shots you know like that's I, I know it's not a big three in Houston but Harden and Russ it just they don't it, I don't think it's gonna work very well together I mean they'll be a good regular season team but just the mesh of a guy who can't shoot and needs the ball in his hand versus a guy who can shoot and also needs the ball in his hand uh, like who has a big three right now I don't even know I know the uh, Nets were nice enough to work in DeAndre Jordan into Kyrie and KD's deals, but that's not a big three. So I do think it works, but you just have to be able to get the right players to play the right roles. If you're just getting superstars and trying to get them to, you know, pull their game back a little bit and force them into a certain role, then yeah, it doesn't work. But you know who it does work for? The Golden State Warriors. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll be back on Friday with another episode of Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.